I don't wanna be just someone that's new I speak my mind so free so you could hear the truth Yeah, I know that we all have fear. Hello and welcome to the Truth For Youth Podcast. I'm the host, Micah Murphy. I'm glad you're tuning in today. I'm glad you're listening. I think this will be a very beneficial podcast for you. If you're listening to this podcast and it's pretty soon after the release, then you know times are a little crazy right now, right? We have the COVID-19 epidemic, pandemic, whatever you want to call it, still in full force. I don't really know if things are getting better or not. I mean, I guess it depends on what news outlet or what media or what article that you're reading or who you're listening to. Some are saying that we're on the downhill, like we've, we've peaked and now we're moving back down and things are getting better. But then you have others that say, no, it's, it's going to get worse. Um, we're not even to that peak yet. So guys, I don't know. I, I have no clue what's going on. But what I do know is even if this is the downhill, even if we are getting better, there's going to still be a lot of tough times ahead. Just think about it. If, if people are now have lost their jobs or if they have uh, had to shut the doors to their business, yes, that hurts them financially now, but maybe they had some resources. Maybe they're able to keep going. But at some point, obviously, things are going to get tough and things are going to get tighter. That just happens when there's a tragedy. So we still haven't really seen, I don't think, the, the worst as far as you know, some of the tough times that are going to, that are going to come ahead. So anyways, I say all that to say, we're in a very difficult time right now. There's a lot of people that are really struggling. And even if you're okay financially right now, which I know many teenagers are listening to this and you're thinking, well, it doesn't really affect me, but maybe it is affecting your family. Maybe it's affecting your parents. And some of you do have jobs or you did have jobs because you're responsible for paying your gas or your insurance, or maybe some of you are having to, to help pay some other bills. So there is, there is some financial strain, but even if it's not, there's other, uh, other difficulties, right, that you're having to deal with. Maybe it's the schooling or the sports that are canceled or, you know, the social distancing and not getting to see friends and, and just go about life, you know. So there are some difficulties. I get that. But this won't last forever. You know, we will eventually get through this and get over this. Now, I say all this to kind of set up today's podcast because we're going to be talking about why sometimes God delays in rescuing us. And again, if you're listening to this podcast a year from now and the virus is long gone, right? There's, there's no more of that. There's still going to be times that are difficult. There's still going to be some trials and tribulations and times when you're like, God, I am struggling. I am drowning over here. Please save me. That's just the way life goes. I look at my life and I know there's multiple times when I'm like, feel like I'm just drowning. And I'm like, God, please throw me the life preserver. I, 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 you know, my arms are tired. My legs are tired. I don't think I can tread water much longer. I'm going to drown if you don't hurry up and rescue me. And God still doesn't rescue me right then. It's later down the road or, you know, something else. And so, it just happens. It's not ideal. It's not fun, but it just happens. And I know you, you're thinking, well, wait a minute. How's this going to be an encouraging podcast if you're talking about God delaying and rescuing me and I'm over here drowning? 
Well, just wait, okay? By the end of this podcast, I think you're going to find some value. I think you're going to find some encouragement. So we're going to hop right in. I'm going to be talking about three siblings today. I'm going to be talking about um, two sisters, Martha and Mary, and their brother Lazarus. Okay? They were all good friends with the one and only Jesus. Okay? It even talks about how Jesus says that he loved them. And so there was this tight, tight friendship. There was this, this really close bond that they have with each other. Now, I'm going to read you a passage in John that kind of talks about this and kind of uh, lets us kind of hear a little bit more about that relationship and then a situation that occurs that seems a little unusual. All right, so I'm going to start reading in chapter 11 of John. I'm going to read the first six verses, and then, then we're going to talk about that for a second. A man named Lazarus, who lived in Bethany, became sick. Now, Bethany was the town where Mary and her sister Martha lived. This was Mary, the one who poured the perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. And it was her brother Lazarus who became sick. The sisters sent Jesus a message. Lord, your dear friend is sick. Now, when Jesus heard it, he said, The final result of this sickness will not be the death of Lazarus. This has happened in order to bring glory to God, and it will be the means by which the Son of God will receive glory. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Yet when he received the news that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. <laughs> Wait a minute. So, so we just said that Jesus and Martha and Mary and Lazarus, they had this close friendship. They loved each other, great friendship. Lazarus is deathly sick. He's deathly ill. They're reaching out to their friend Jesus because they've seen Jesus heal in the past. They know, they know what he's capable of. They're just like, Jesus, hey, need you to come heal our friend, right? My brother uh, and your friend Lazarus, he's sick. And what was Jesus' response? He waited two days. What? That, that can't be right. Like what, what kind of friend are you, Jesus? Man, look, I have three sons, okay? I have three young boys, and they are what you would call all boy, right? Like they are rough and tough, rambunctious. They are, you know, fearless to some extent, and they're just always doing something, which means a lot of times they're getting injured or they're getting hurt. And as I've, you know, been their father for a little while now, I can kind of sense when it's a minor injury versus when someone is seriously hurt, right? We've had a few of those serious injuries where, hey, we, we got to hurry up and get to, uh, you know, the, the emergency room because, you know, the injury is pretty, pretty good. And I just kind of had this sense of, okay, is it a minor? Is it a major? And again, with them playing sports, a lot of times an injury you know, happens maybe on the field, whether it be the football field, soccer field, baseball field, whatever. And most times, I will casually take my time going out there to check on them when they're hurt because I just sense 
Now it's, you know, I am wrong at times, but I just sense that, you know, okay, this is, this is just a minor, you know, injury, hurt, pain, bump, bruise, whatever. But then there are times when it looked pretty severe. It, it looked like a pretty serious injury. And those times I'm running onto the field. Like I'm in full, full force, get out there as quick as I can because I'm concerned. You know, I love my sons. I love my family. And, and uh, if they're in danger or if they're injured, I want to, to hurry up and get them help, right? Um, same thing in the house. You know, I can think of a few times when, you know, you kind of hear the crying, oh, they're hurt, and I'll take my time, you know, going to check on them versus that blood-curling scream that, oh, my gosh, like someone is really hurt, and you just throw down whatever you have, and I'm in dead sprint to figure out, you know, who's the injured one and, and what to what extent. Same would go if something happened to Lois Ann or, you know, any of my family members and even really any of my friends, if I knew that they were in serious need or serious injury, like I'm dropping whatever I have and I'm going to get to them as quick as I can and get them help. And I think all of you listening to this would do the exact same thing for someone that you truly love and care about. So why didn't Jesus do this? I mean, first of all, we got to realize that it's not like today where we can just hop in our car and we can, you know, quickly drive to wherever, you know, our family or injured friend or whoever is, right? There, traveling takes a while, right? Back in Jesus's time. So it's not like he can get there real quick anyways. And then he waits two full days before he even starts his journey to go check on his buddy. So look, this is just kind of bizarre, right? Like this just doesn't make sense. But we're going to keep reading and we're going to see how it all pans out. All right, verse 11. Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. Now this is Jesus telling, uh, telling the disciples that he's with. So our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I will go and I will wake him up. And the disciples answered, well, if he's asleep, Lord, he'll get well. And Jesus meant that Lazarus had died, but they thought he meant just natural sleep. So Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, but for your sake, I'm glad that I was not with him so that you will believe. Now let us go to him. All right, so Jesus is saying, Look, he's dead, and at first they think, because he says sleep, and so they think, oh, okay, yeah, he's just sick and he's asleep. And he's like, no, no, he's really dead, but I'm glad I wasn't there because he would have probably healed him and he wouldn't have died, which is, again, it's weird. Why wouldn't you want to be there and help your friend, your loved one? All right, let's skip to 17. So when Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had been buried for four days. All right, so by the traveling, by the time he gets there, it's been four days. Now, when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed in the house. So Martha said to Jesus, If you had been here, Lord, my brother would not have died. Hmm, sounds a little salty, doesn't it? Uh, she knew. Again, she knew what Jesus was capable of. 
She knew he could have saved Lazarus had she just, had he just gotten there quicker. So she's a little upset. You allowed my brother, your friend, to die. But it's almost like she catches herself because here's her very next statement. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask him for. And then Jesus responds to her, your brother will rise to life. And she says, I know that he will rise to life on the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me will live even though they die. And those who live and believe in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she answered. I do believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who was to come into the world. Now, we're going to skip down to 32 because now Mary comes in. This was Martha talking to Jesus. Now Mary enters in in to see Jesus. Mary arrived where Jesus was, and as soon as she saw him, she fell at his feet. Lord, she said, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Sounds familiar, right? That's exactly what the sister said. Again, they're, they're a little upset with Jesus. And then Jesus saw her weeping, and he saw how the people with her were weeping also. His heart was touched, and he was deeply moved. Where have you buried him? He asked them. Come and see, Lord, they answered. Verse 35, Jesus wept. See how much He loved him, the people said. But some of them said, He gave sight to the blind man, didn't he? Could he not have kept Lazarus from dying? Deeply moved once more, Jesus went to the tomb, which was a cave with a stone placed at the entrance. Take the stone away, Jesus ordered. Martha, the dead man's sister, answered, But there's going to be a bad smell, Lord. He has been buried for four days. And Jesus said to her, Didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believed? And they took the stone away, and Jesus looked up and said, I thank you, Father, that you listened to me. I know that you always listen to me. But I say this for the sake of the people here so that they will believe that you sent me. After he said this, he called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And he came out and his hands and his feet were wrapped in grave clothes and with a cloth around his face, untie him, Jesus told them, and let him go. So there's Jesus. He obviously loved Lazarus. It says he even wept and he cried when he saw everybody crying and how much they loved Lazarus and how sad they were. And even he too was was sad. And then he comes and he raises him. You know, he raises him from the dead, basically, right? He, He says, you know, he was just sleeping, but he was dead, but he brings him back to life. And he says, let him go. But wait a minute. That's not the end just yet. 
verse 45 says this. Many of the people who had come to visit Mary saw what Jesus did, and they believed in him. They believed in him. They saw the miracle. And now they became believers that Jesus really was who he claimed to be, which was the Messiah, the Savior. Now it's starting to make a little more sense why Jesus delayed the rescue. See, it's not all about us. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about God. It's about his glory. And it was about Jesus. And he was trying to do multiple things through this situation. He saw an opportunity and he said, hmm, I can use this opportunity for multiple reasons. For one, Think about the experience now that the disciples, that Martha, that Mary, and heck, even Lazarus got to experience. Had Jesus been there, had Jesus came immediately and healed him, it would have just been one of those, you know, I hate to say a normal miracle where he healed a sick person. But think about how much more of an impact it is when a person dies, been buried for four days, and he brings them back to life. Bam, now that is powerful. Now that is something to talk about. That is something to believe in. Jesus is trying to get his disciples. He's trying to get Martha and Mary and and even these other people. He's trying to get them to build their faith. Like they had faith, but he's wanting to strengthen it. He sees the opportunity for them to grow, for them to strengthen now they're really believing in Jesus. They, they believed before, but now their faith is so much stronger. Now they're, they're seeing the impossible happen through Jesus. Now they're seeing that Jesus is stronger than death itself. He just conquered death. No one has ever done that before. That's only Jesus. Now, What else is Jesus preparing them for? Well, they don't know what's coming in the very near future is that Jesus himself is about to be that dead body that they're looking at. It's not going to be Lazarus' body anymore. They're going to be looking at and weeping over Jesus' dead body in a tomb. Think about that. He's preparing them for that moment where he himself is being crucified. He himself is, he is dying and suffering, and they're about to experience this. They're about to witness this, but they don't know that yet. They're not understanding this stuff yet. Jesus is helping them. He is preparing them for what is about to come. And once again, we're going to see him conquer death himself. He's going to raise from the dead And we're going to have the resurrection. And then they are going to be even more blown away, right? Even more faith, even more belief in who he says he is. And other people are seeing this, they're experiencing this, and they are now becoming believers. There was a purpose. There's an intent. Guys, sometimes God 
is not going to throw us the life preserver when, again, we feel like we're drowning. We feel like we, we cannot keep our head above water and that any minute we're going under. But Jesus is saying, look, I know I'm here. I'm in control. And perhaps he has a bigger plan, a bigger purpose. Now, let me preface this with saying, look, we bring about some of these drowning moments ourselves, right? Sometimes we just are dumb and we jump in the water with, you know, center blocks tied to our legs, right? Like we're, we're asking to drown. You know, we, we disobey God or we make some really bad decisions and there's consequences with that. And sometimes that causes us to suffer and that causes us to quote unquote, feel like we're drowning and maybe drowned. But sometimes those things just happen. Sometimes the storms of life knock us off the boat and we're in the water and we're just, we're just drowning. We didn't necessarily do something to cause that. We live in a broken world and there's going to be bad things happen. There's going to be times when we're going to suffer and where we're going to struggle and we're going to be calling out to God and we're going to be begging God to help us. And Sometimes God is going to delay that rescue. Why? Perhaps he has a bigger miracle that he wants to do. And that if he rescues you immediately, you never get to experience that. Maybe the world never gets to experience that. Maybe your loved ones or your friends or whomever doesn't get to experience that because the rescue came immediately. Or maybe he's still trying to teach us something by not rescuing us immediately. Maybe he's trying to build our perseverance. Maybe he's trying to strengthen our faith. Maybe it's the endurance, whatever. There's a characteristic that God is still working on, and he's molding us to be who he wants us to be, who he's created us to be. And sometimes we get off path. Sometimes we, we start chasing maybe our own desires, our own dreams, we get caught up in our own little world and we start missing it. And God's like, hey, hey, I need your attention. And obviously, when we're drowning and we feel like we need the rescue right away, we're probably going to be focused more on God because we're going to be leaning on him and depending on him. Like the times that we're going through right now, there's not a whole lot we can do and we're clinging to faith. If you're a believer, we are clinging to faith and trusting that God is in control. Because here's the thing, guys. We don't know how our life ends. We don't know the end of the story. Well, we kind of do as believers, right? I mean, we know that if you're a believer, if you're a follower of Jesus, we know that one day we will be victorious because Christ has already defeated death, right? And so we know that we'll have everlasting life with Jesus one day. What we don't know is how our life pans out here on earth. Like, what does that story look like at the end? Or what do those later chapters in the book look like? We don't really know that stuff. But God does, because God's in control. He's the author. And we sometimes get frustrated or uneasy or lack faith because we're, we don't know. And we you know, we get worried and sometimes we take control. Like I talked about in the last podcast, how we, we become control freaks sometimes. And don't let, you know, we're not allowing God to be in control and do what he needs to do. 
But guys, we need to have faith in God that there's something bigger. He loves us. If, if we're believers, if we trust Jesus as our Lord and Savior, he wants to do a good work in our life. He wants to help us. He wants to mold us into who he wants us to be because it's for our benefit. He, he created us. He knows who we should be and what he has in store for us. So that's what we need to trust. That's what we need to have faith in. So don't get too discouraged if you don't see the life preserver being thrown immediately. Trust in him. Stay the course. Keep treading water. Keep your head above, right? Do whatever you do. Keep fighting, but have faith. Believe in him. Keep calling upon him. He hears your voice. He hears your call. Guys, don't give up during this time. Or if it's, again, it may be in the future. It may not, this may not be difficult for you. You may not be struggling right now. Young people, it may be later in life where you become uh, in a dire need where you're calling out to God to be rescued. Don't give up in those times. Keep staying positive. Keep staying the course. Trust God. Have faith in Him. You can do it. I believe in you. Jesus obviously believes in you. That's why He's created you the way He has. He wants the glory and the honor through our actions and through our belief and through our faith. Guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. Know that I love you guys. I'm here for you. Uh, again, if you're finding value in the podcast, please, please, please share this. Uh, and for those that are just, you're struggling maybe with the actual podcast of listening, I've now made this available uh, on YouTube. So you can go to YouTube, go to my personal channel, Micah Murphy, or just type in Micah Murphy and type in the Truth For Youth podcast and you will find the channel there. Um, and you can find the podcast available there if you just rather kind of watch the podcast. But anyways, guys, I hope you will at least uh, take a couple minutes, or it really doesn't even take two minutes, to leave a quick review on iTunes. I think iTunes is the only one that you can actually leave a review. Give it a rating. Give it a review. Uh, I would really, really appreciate that because that will help this podcast reach other people. We want other teenagers, other young adults, adults, whoever, to get the truth and to get some benefits. So if you're finding benefit, that's what I'm asking of you. Again, people, I love you. I'm here for you, like I said, and we will see you guys in that next episode. Bye-bye. I don't want to be just someone that's new. I speak my mind so free so you could hear the truth. Yeah, no.